Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. How are we supposed to live in a world filled with fake news, fake people, and fake truth? Dr. Jennings recently put up a blog on this very topic, and he's here with us today via Skype to share his thoughts. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, help us out here. How is it possible for us to live in a land of liars? You know, Charles, and we really do. There've always been liars ever since Satan deceived our first parents in Eden. But just the intensity and the constancy of the distortions and falsehoods and the complete societal immersion in some of this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. And so we can maybe get into some of those examples later, but I thought maybe we could help people develop their own mental ability to discern and some tools to help differentiate between the lies and the truth out there. Good. First step for people is to recognize you have your own mind, your own ability to think, to reason, to choose. And so step back and establish, hey, I'm going to think for myself and I'm going to evaluate for myself and I'm going to come to my own conclusions. And when you do that, then recognize the difference between opinion, claims, proclamations, and facts, evidence, and truth. Mm -hmm. Facts, evidence, and truth are not the same thing as opinions, claims, and proclamations. For instance, here's a claim or a proclamation. God is love. That's a claim. It's a proclamation. The life of Jesus' service and self-sacrifice is historic evidence. Mm. And there's a difference Mm. between the two. Now, because of the life of Jesus, we can have confidence in the proclamation that God is love, but only because of the evidence that reveals it. Without the evidence, then we have no basis to even understand what love is or how it functions. The evidence is what informs us, and then we can then use the statement to move forward with the knowledge and confidence that God is love. Recognize the difference between events, facts, events, facts, and interpretation of those events and facts. People are constantly taking a fact and then spinning it or interpreting it in various ways that may or may not be true. I see this all the time, and this is one of the most easy ways people get deceived because they will highlight a fact. And you can think of the various facts. You know, somebody was seen holding a gun on the corner after a supermarket got robbed, and there's a picture of them on, a, on some security camera standing there holding the gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a fact that they were holding a gun, but you understand that's open to wide interpretation. Was that an undercover police officer trying to stop it? Was it a criminal that was starting it? Was it a bystander who saw the person throw the gun away and they're picking it up to give it to the police? I mean, that that fact doesn't tell us anything. And in society today, there are all kinds of facts that are being interpreted by people in malicious and destructive ways. And many people don't know how to differentiate the difference between facts and interpretation. I will tell you around the whole question of mask wearing in a community and any benefit there to potentially reduce COVID transmission and its needs. This is a classic place where where there are facts and then there are all these interpretations of facts. And then there's actually very little evidence in facts. It's just claims and proclamations and declarations and hopes, wishes and dreams. So recognize that you have a mind. Think for yourself. Recognize the difference between opinion, claims, proclamations and facts. Recognize the difference between evidence and interpretations of those evidences or events and interpretations, then form a framework 
for reliable discernment, a basis for which you filter these various evidences and facts through that is constant, predictable, reliable, and helpful. And I call these God's laws. God is the creator. He built reality. And these are the design protocols upon which reality exists. These never change. Gravity, laws of physics, laws of health, and law of love, law of liberty, law of exertion, law of worship. There's a whole bunch of these design protocols that are constants and never change. And you can predict what will happen when you understand these laws and apply them to life. If you were holding a pen in your hand, you could predict what will happen if you're holding out at arm's length and let go. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a future event, you can predict because you understand the law of gravity and how it functions. And so you can make predictions about consequences when you understand these design laws, and then you can take facts and evidences and interpret them in ways that are much more reliable than not knowing how reality functions. Well, you know, Dr. Jennings, you bring up such an important point here because we seem to live in a world where people— every day make decisions like this. Well, I'm going to try this and see what happens. I'm going to try that and see what happens. I'm going to do this and see what happens. As opposed to, let me find out how this goes and what the laws are around this so that when I do this, I'm going to know what's going to happen. Would I be right in saying that? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And they're not doing it in the, in the way of a person who is scientific, has a reasonable hypothesis based right, on an understanding right. of the principles involved, and then makes a decision to go, I don't have a clear understanding of which is the best. I'll try this and see the outcome or results and then reassess and incorporate that new data into my decision making and move forward in the healthiest way. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, I'll just try this, see if it, if it works. And if yeah. it doesn't, I'll try something else, yeah. kind of willy-nilly and random. Yeah. So create a process in your own mind for determining your actual conclusions and decision-making. Are you making them based on facts, evidences, and understanding the design laws? Or, and I will tell you, this is the vast majority of our society right now, or are you surrendering your judgment to someone you trust? Mm someone else to do the thinking for you, whether it's a parent and it's okay for small children to let their parents decide because they can't figure it out yet. They don't have the mental resources, nor the experience, nor the knowledge. Right. So that's okay. But for adults, that is not okay. Or do you surrender it to a friend, a pastor, a priest, a pope, a book, an encyclopedia, the Bible, Bible commentary, teacher, doctor, scientist, politician, media outlet, internet blogger? Do you look to someone else and say, well, Dr. So-and-so said such and such, and therefore I'm going to follow that? This is surrendering your individuality and your mind to some other person. I don't really understand why, but they said it's best. I think I'll do it. Rather than allowing the expert to educate you and explain to you the reasons why that they're making their recommendation, the reasons why this is the most likely best course to take, the risks of going in a different course, and the underlying principles behind those decisions, and then leaving you free to make your own decision. In medical decision-making, this is called informed consent. The doctor is supposed to inform the patient of their diagnosis, what the problem actually is, why they have this problem, what are the variables involved, what are the potential treatments, what are the risks to the the treatments for the potential benefits to the treatment. And then the patient is supposed to make an informed decision after they're educated by the doctor, not just saying, well, doctor, you tell me what to do. Hmm. Sadly, in our society today, uh, many people are using so-called science as a club to beat people over their head with and say, well, the science says, and it's not educational to inform you and leave you free. It's being used as a club to bully you with mandates and various coercive pressures to comply even when it doesn't make sense in your situation, even when it's harmful. Yeah. 
This is damaging to our minds to surrender our minds to other people, and it's exactly the opposite of what God has called the Christian to do. In Hebrews 5.14, the mature, those Christian mature people, are those who, quote, have developed by practice the ability to discern the right from the wrong, unquote. Mm-hmm. God has called us to practice our discernment, our thinking skills. Come, let us reason together, he says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. God wants us to reason and think and weigh evidences and be able to discern the difference between right and wrong because we understand reality and we can figure it out. But if we surrender to someone else to tell us, we will never have those discernment skills. We will always remain children, infants, looking to someone else that we trust to tell us the answer. And that is not what God wants for us. You know, I have talked to a lot of very intelligent and very wise and very educated people over the past, and I've done video interviews with them and radio interviews with them. And when I see them in person and I, and I go to their office, I often, I often see a little sign up on the wall or on their desk with five letters on it. It says, think, just think. Now I know why. Now I know why you are saying what you're saying and why they say what they're saying. They're telling us, don't just believe based on someone else, but actually think. And that was the very first thing you said on this list. Right. This is exploiting the law of exertion. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it because if you don't use it, you lose it. That's a design law that we're talking about. So if you want strong musical ability, you got to practice your instrument. Strong language skills, you got to practice the language. If you want strong critical reasoning skills, you've got to investigate the evidence. You've got to weigh out the issues. You've got to test and experiment and reevaluate the outcomes and then update your database and make decisions. You've got to make them. If your process is, well, I trust so-and-so. I trust my pastor. I trust my mom. I trust my grandma. I trust the president. I trust the CDC. I trust the scientists. Let me tell you. If you trust the scientists, you're in trouble (laughs) because scientists tell us that there is no God. Scientists tell us we evolved from lower life forms and and, and there is no future for mankind other than annihilation of overpopulation. If you trust the scientists, then in the 1970s, maybe you remember the science articles that came out that said that tobacco did not cause cancer. Uh, Or how many of the big pharma articles have come out and proven to be completely fraudulent? Science is open to being corrupted by ego, politics, money to mislead and corrupt. I am a man of science. I value the science. But you have to be able to have the ability to take those so-called scientific presentations, evaluate them based on critical reasoning skills, God's design laws. And I will tell you, you didn't have to be a scientist to know that cigarette smoking was going to injure you. You didn't have to have cancer studies to know that. You just had to understand how God created human beings to live, and he did not create us to breathe smoke. He created us to breathe clean air, and you can predict that breathing smoke is a violation of the laws of health, and if you violate the laws of health, you're going to have health-damaging consequences. It's predictable every time. Oh, I'm happy for the studies that eventually proved it, but any reasoning person who understands God's design laws 
could have predicted that already. And in fact, many did who came from a biblical worldview. So if you really want to be a critical reasoner, you have to have standards that are constants and never change. And that means understanding science as harmonized with God's revelation in scripture and real life experiences. If you sever or disconnect those three threads and you use scripture disconnected from science and how reality works, life experiences, then you get all types of superstitious teachings that people will quote a Bible verse to support that make no sense whatever, and that was the Dark Ages, and that's where many people of enlightenment and science rejected Scripture because the Scripture was divorced from its anchors in God's created reality. We want to re-anchor it back to created reality. But our science also has to harmonize with God's revelation in Scripture, because when we disconnect those two and we use the science, we end up with godless worldviews that are quite destructive. And our life experiences have to be anchored in the other two, because when we go through experience without the other two, we end up either in mysticism or nihilism. And they're both also destructive. So the harmonized view is we're looking for truth and understanding in the world around us that is consistent with what God has revealed in Scripture, so it never denies or abuses the Scripture but it also is how the the laws of nature work, and we can demonstrate that in reality and how our life experiences or reality work. Dr. Jennings has created a tract for us. That's a sharing tract. It's commonreason.com. There's no charge, of course, for this Design Laws of God tract. I recommend, listener, that you go there, commonreason.com, and look for the sharing tracks, and the Design Laws of God is one of them. Of course, he talks about what he just said in many of his other books there available. Check that out. But anyway, at least start with the Design Laws of God sharing tract at commonreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, this program was sponsored by Common Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.